Hello and welcome to Poor Decisions. My name is Grace, your co-host today, and we're here with Sophie. Hello, guys. Hello. So today's episode is all about sandwiches, but before we start, we need a bit of juice to get us going. Uh, Such a time to fill up that glass. Amazing. We are drinking today the um, Grundbergner Trocken white wine called Freunde. Oh. Which means friend. For those of you who don't, who are not bilingual and don't understand what Freunde means. Friends drinking. Friends. We happen to be friends in case anyone didn't realize that. Not just two randomers mm-hmm. meeting. Anyway, to get started, why are we talking about sandwiches? I think this is a very important question to ask. Um, if you guys tuned into our first episode, it was all about toilets. So why the sandwich? Well, Sophie and I have had a lot of fun dinners over the last years, and I feel like the sandwich topic is one that Sophie brings up quite a lot. It's just a random fact um, that Sophie knows a little bit about the history of the sandwich. So we thought, why not? It's something we anyway talk about. So why not give her the stage to uh, to tell us about who invented the sandwich? I'm so excited there's finally a platform where I can discuss this and it's not weird. So I have to give all of the credits to my sister, to Louise. Uh, she told me the story and I was totally taken aback. And since then, I've been sharing it with anyone who who cares to listen to me for more than two minutes. Literally. So where does the sandwich come from? It's a good question. Um, it actually comes from a human, uh, concretely John Montague, fourth Earl of Sandwich. Uh, he was born in 1718 and somewhere... After his birth, uh, he actually invented the sandwich. How does that come to be, and how does someone invent the sandwich? Hold on sandwich? a second. Sometime after his birth. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Somewhere between 1718 and 1792, which is when he died. I assume he had to be old enough to speak and invent to be able to create a sandwich. And he was also an avid gambler. He was also part of the military. He was in political office. So let's assume he was probably and above 18. S- Secretary of State for the Northern Department. So what do you say? Above 30? Above 18 at least. Oh, above 18. Yeah, I guess back then he was probably like 21 and had yeah. all of these titles. Nowadays. Yeah, so amongst all of the other things that he did for work in his personal time, he gambled a lot and he invited a lot of people over to his fort, let's say. Um, and because he gambled for so many hours... Without taking a break, he kept asking his servants to bring him food, but it was very difficult to hold his playing cards with one hand and then try to sort of cut up a steak with one other hand. So he kept asking for his food to be served between two slices of bread. Like that, he could hold his cards in one hand um, and his food in the other hand and do both at the same time. I mean, it's pretty genius. I know! Although nowadays, I think you would be calling it like feeding a... Uh, what's it called? A sucht. Oh my God. I can't even think of the word. Um, an addiction. An addiction. <laughs> Feeding an addiction. Um, by, by the way, apparently the Wall Street Journal described it as Britain's biggest contribution to gastronomy <laughs> uh, to date. Literally. I don't know what that says about UK food. Um, I'm from the UK, so I feel like I can say this, but it's kind of insulting. I, I mean, mean tri- sandwiches are pretty tri- basic. But triangle sandwiches are like the basis of UK culture, no? You are completely correct, which actually brings me on to my next point about 
sandwiches being triangular. So I think in the last podcast, we mentioned that Sophie and I both went to uh, British unis. So we've experienced a little bit of uh, of British life. Well, I definitely have because I am actually British. Um, and one thing that kind of always comes together that we always laugh about is sandwiches. So I don't know how many of you have ever gone through or travel through the UK. I feel like this is when you get exposed to it the most on your travels. If you go into any WH Smith or Boots or pretty much any store nowadays, you get a meal deal. And a meal deal is a triangular so sandwich. Good. It's so good. Triangular sandwich, a drink, and a snack of your choice for the grand In most price. cases, crisps. Most cases, crisps. But now they have like fancy special things like fruit or popcorn if you're no, trying no, to be no, healthy. You, you gotta have those Walker crisps. Oh yeah, you gotta go for the dirty ones. Um, and one thing that was interesting is to try and figure out why. Why are the UK sandwiches triangular? Because I feel like in every other country you have, like in Germany, you have a bread and you cut it in half and then you put the stuff in the middle. And in Denmark, which is one of the places Sophie's from, it's like an open sandwich, right? By the way, in Denmark is one of the few countries where they use a completely different word to describe a sandwich. In, da- in Danish, it's called smørbrød. Smørbrød. <laughs> but in a lot of other European countries, they actually still use the word sandwich with different accents. Yeah, that is very true. Actually, we have another story on that, but coming back to that later. So going back to the triangular nature of a UK sandwich, just um, the fact by, I mean, we all studied geometry at some point in school. um, And so you should know that a triangular sandwich has two 45 degree corners. And that allows you to get more filling per bite than a normal cut sandwich, like if you cut it in the middle. Yeah, but I mean... You've got you've got a sandwich and you've got a sandwich, right? Like if you get a good triangle sandwich, it's basically the best thing you can eat. Yeah. Because every bite is filled with like amazingness. But I've also seen and personally experienced other kinds of sandwiches where they just line <laughs> the outside with what looks like the the juiciest of juiciness of a sandwich. And then you take the first bite, that's great. But then when you get to the second bite, it's just bread, butter, and bread. That's so, bad behavior. Yeah, we should maybe recommend where to get a triangle sandwich in the UK. Where will you get one? I think like Boots and WH Smith. I'm not going to lie. They're a good one. Yeah. Because Pret is a great sandwich place, but they're not triangular, actually. So completely. You're right. Why are they not fucking triangular? I don't know. They're they're either like baguette form or they're the square ones. What? They Mm. missed... I a think, key piece of information. I think they but need to Pret start is doing French, this. So yeah, true. Maybe they'll be excused. My personal favorite sandwich is around Christmas. They make a Christmas leftover themed sandwich, and every oh, time yeah. I touch base, touch base, touch ground, touchdown, <laughs> touchdown, mercy. <laughs> uh, in London, I go running to a Boots and then buy myself a. Christmas leftover sandwich. So can only recommend. Yeah, actually my I have a group of friends from uni and we have a WhatsApp chat and every time it gets closer to Christmas, everyone tries out all the Christmas sandwiches and recommends the best one. Aww. So like Tesco, Sainsbury's. Can you add me to that? Yeah, you you can join for that period <laughs> only just to discuss the sandwiches. I think there's like I'm sure there's like an Instagram for this. Uh, it's popular. 
Anyway, um, I think a very important thing for us to also discuss is how a sandwich is defined, not only officially, but how we define a sandwich, because we've experienced sandwiches in very different ways. So I'm just going to read you out the USDA definition. Um, bearing in mind, they are the US are not the inventors of the sandwich, so we have to decide whether we trust them or not. I'm not entirely sure at this point, especially mm-hmm. when looking at the definition. So the definition is at least 35% cooked meat and no more than 50% bread for closed sandwiches and at least 50% cooked meat for open sandwiches, which in that definition would mean that vegans or vegetarians are not allowed to eat sandwiches. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. It's so bad. Why, why can Do you not have a vegetarian sandwich? Do we need to go sandwich? to the USDA and ask them to redefine the fucking sandwich? Yeah. Or could we possibly sue every company that's it, doing it, vegetarian it, sandwiches oh, in the US and be billionaires? And calling it a sandwich when it's not. It's not a sandwich. It's not. Dude, guys, the sandwich industry is not inclusive. It's not inclusive at all. Big red flag. We need to protest. We're organizing a protest next week, Friday, for everyone in Munich to protest against the U.S. definition of a sandwich. Bring your triangle sandwich t-shirts and we will get going. The interesting thing about this definition as well is that there's a few things that fall into that category. For example, a hot dog. A hot dog would fall into that definition, in my opinion. It always depends a little bit how big the sausage is versus the bread, but in theory would fit in. However, I personally do wouldn't define it as a sandwich. No, I don't think I would either. What about like a taco? Same shit. Or a quesadilla. Same problem. Or a like wraps. What about a a pancake with stuff in it or or a waffle with stuff on it? Although arguably that's not bread and bread is true. included in the definition. So I feel like true, true, to be true. honest the tacos and stuff don't count. But the hot dog definitely is bread. You can't argue that that's not bread. Yeah, it's bread, 35% meat, bread. Yeah. I agree. And what? It, do- it doesn't fit. What is it then? Just a hot dog? Uh, I don't know. This is a good question. I don't know what a hot dog is defined as. We but should I refer back to John Montague, fourth Earl of Sandwich, and see what he would say. We should very much ask him. Um, I also find amusing. So I, I had a little look uh, at the the favorite sandwiches around the world. And in the US, the guess what the most consumed sandwich is? I don't know. Something really fatty. Like... A pizza and a burger in a sandwich <laughs> wrapped in a turkey and more burger. Uh, close. A grilled cheese. Uh, However, can we just notice that the U.S.'s most famous sandwich is a grilled cheese, which means cheese and not meat. Uh, right? Ah, So by definition, not even a sandwich. So, like, the whole of Google is wrong. Mm. Ridiculous. And going back to the U.K., because... Um, it's like the, you know, the founders of the sandwich. What is the most popular sandwich flavor in the UK? Given by people's breaths, I would probably say the tuna. But <laughs> given by what I've seen on shelf, I would say the BLT. Close. So it's a chicken. I don't huh? know if BLTs are counted in a chicken sandwich. Yeah, but bacon, lettuce, oh, yeah, tomato. No, there is no sorry. <laughs> That's a BLTC. BCLT. CLT. CLT. Chicken. Sometimes but, they might mix chicken and bacon. I got That's why I got confused. But, yeah, but like chicken with what? Or it's just on the basis of chicken. This chicken sandwich. It's the mm. most popular. Maybe it's because all of the leftovers after roast dinners. Ah. Uh, so maybe it's, part of, maybe it's part of the Christmas Probably the Christmas situation. Sales. Mm. I would imagine that is why. 
which is, again, I feel like a weird thing. And I don't know why, but I happened to be Googling a few, I don't know when it was, like a month ago or so with my parents. We Googled about the most popular crisp flavor in the UK, and it was also like chicken. What did you want? I've never had a fucking chicken flavored crisp. It's true. Does I don't know if it's the number one. I might be lying, but question, it was definitely top question five. Question to you. Does a chicken flavored crisp actually have chicken in it? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it even says suitable for vegetarians. Is it or is it even vegan friendly? And this was then the other thought I had. If that's currently the most popular sandwich in the UK, what about all the vegans? What about all the vegetarians and all the vegans? Do you think that this is going to be overthrown soon and we'll just have like a LT sandwich? Maybe, or no sandwich, because it's not even the definition of a sandwich. So maybe uh-huh. like, and also bread just, is not, not LT so sandwich, just LT. <laughs> just LT, yeah. Literally, all we're going to eat in the future is LT. <laughs> no salad dressing there either. There's a sad future ahead. It's so sad. I was actually thinking as well. So I had a little look at some figures and the, the pre-packed sandwich market is estimated at 13.5 billion US dollars. Oh no, it was in 2019, sorry. Like we'll take that as the in stats the US for now. or worldwide global, okay. Um, and I had an interesting question because there's like you know how they predict future growth, but they obviously didn't know about COVID. Do you think that COVID would have increased or decreased the consumption of sandwiches or pre-packed sandwiches specifically? If COVID would have increased or decreased, it's really hard to say. I feel in, like the, in the UK, you, sorry, you're saying in the back to the UK? Global. Again, global. global. Oh, this is a tough question. I mean, what a packaged sandwich or pre-made sandwich speaks for convenience across yeah. the board. And usually they're quite cheap, given True. that you don't get yourself a super fancy one. So COVID was also very much oriented around value and convenience. So I would say it went up. I mean, I don't actually have the fact, but... I would say the other thing about convenience is that you're usually out and about. And with COVID, you were at home. Yeah, but now you have so many companies that like deliver to your doorstep within 10 minutes or whatever. But a sandwich? I mean, yeah, I don't order I sandwiches. I order sandwiches to my home. Like when? I feel like that doesn't exist. <laughs> extra lazy. I mean, like burgers, yeah. Pizza, yeah. Dude, there's a Sushi. bunch of Vietnamese restaurants that do bao buns. Okay, but buns, again, that goes back to definition well. of a sandwich. It is literally a sandwich. It's, it's bao bread, bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a sticky dough. No, 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 no. We're speaking past each other. <laughs> it's not a dumpling. It's like a it's like a Vietnamese baguette kind of thing. And uh, then with meat inside. It's not actually a, bu- a, bu- a bao. <laughs> We're not talking about the baos here. No, no, no. Okay, well, Sophie has a random Vietnamese sandwich place, but most normal people, I guess, don't order sandwiches at home. So I actually think that the, probably the, you know, the classic ugly sandwich bread that you buy in supermarkets, this white square. Yeah, the mold, like... Bimbo bread in Spain. Oh, bimbo bread? No, in Spain it's called pan de molde. Yeah, but the the brand is bimbo and it's got this little white guy with a blue hat. (laughs) Standard toast bread. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, standard toast toast bread. That probably increased a lot. And then probably the sandwich fillers increased a lot, but I'm not sure of the full package. Although we'll never know because I just feel like no one's going to research this. Hmm. I mean, maybe we can do like podcast part two on sandwiches and figure out what happened here. If we turn our podcast free time hobby into a money-making business, we could then 
fund researchers to actually research the shit for us so that we have facts for our upcoming podcast. I mean, that would be amazing, but I feel like we have to do a lot. The and I feel like we closed. could use the money for better things in the world. The like research more wine. And sandwiches. <laughs> oh, yeah, or wine. Also, we would just like to announce that if anyone has a wine growing company, that's not what I meant, wine producing, grape growing plus wine producing. Vineyard. Vineyard. Let us know. We would love to be sponsored by you. We take any wine, more or less. <laughs> We're not fussy. It doesn't need to come in a bottle. If it's in like one of those like juice packet things, we're good. We're fine. Yeah. We'll sit there having our juice wines with our sandwiches. Yeah. We should have brought sandwiches to this oh. whole thing. We should do a Christmas special and bring the Christmas sandwiches. We should do a Christmas special. Um, we will make sure that we do part two. And then to to go to a slightly different topic about sandwiches, um, I, I mean... I quite like Guinness World Records, and I know Sophie does too, because I'm pretty sure, didn't you go to the Guinness World Record Museum when you were a kid slash yeah, adult? Yeah, Yeah. And I had, I think, all the books until 2011 when I graduated from high school. Yeah. I, I got it for my birthday every year. I was pretty sure that was the case. And I, when Googling, I found a really funny thing, which I just, I don't think there's much to discuss. I just find it very hilarious. So apparently in 2018... Um, there was an attempt to beat the record for the world's biggest sandwich, which, by the way, is at 5,440 pounds. I didn't convert that to kilos, so I don't even know what that means, but it sounds very, very heavy um, and large, unnecessarily. But anyway, in Iran in 2018, they, they really went for it. They wanted to attempt to beat the world's largest sandwich. 2,500 kilos, by the 2, way. 2,500 kilos. That's actually disgusting. That's yeah. What a waste of food. <laughs> we don't promote food waste uh, at Poor Decisions. You never know. Maybe there were thousands of people there who ate it all up in one Maybe they donated it to the homeless. Yeah. Anyway, um, in Iran, when they were doing this, um, they failed at the attempt, despite being technically large enough, because the crowd ate it. Before no. it was measured. Like, what are the chances? Imagine you were organizing this. You have to really plan this. They probably planned this for like two years, right? And the budget and, and the, everything. The money. And then they fucking ate it. I who can't believe ate it. it? I feel like this is just classic bad organization skills. I feel like whoever did it should be fired. The from memo wasn't their out job. there that you're not allowed to eat it yet. <laughs> you need to wait significant amounts How of time. How good must have sa that sandwich have looked that people actually started eating it before they came and weighed it and measured it? It's a very good point because I also imagine if you're in the street, like it's not going to be inside, right? Unless it's in like a warehouse because it's so big. Surely it's hard to make this a hygienic sandwich. I mean, how how do they? Does it even go in the oven? I don't know. No, I don't, it doesn't need to. No, go it doesn't. Oven. Go but in how the do they, they to make a sandwich? You need to, to make a sandwich that size. You need to make at least two slices of bread that size. It's a good point. Maybe they. Do you think they allowed lots of small breads, or do you think it had to be one bread, one or like two breads, and then the filling? I don't. I mean, I don't think there's an oven large enough to fit that. But at least that. I mean, the pieces of bread need to be like put together somehow. Somewhat. Like seamed together. I don't know. We should so, research that some more. And see yeah, I kind of. I like kind of want to Google the before picture before it got eaten away. I don't know why I didn't Google the picture whilst googling the facts, but I, I mean, if anyone wants to take a Google. Um, and then the last tiny thing I wanted to talk about was 
the the word sandwich. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because Sophie and I have spent many a time laughing when going to new countries about the spelling and the pronunciation of the word sandwich in different languages. Yeah, I mean, we were in... Where were we? In Slovenia. Slovenia. And we Piran. Wa- yeah, and we wanted to have a drink. And the first thing that showed up on the menu was it Sindwits and Sips. Sindwich. Sindwich and Chips. Sips. Sindwits and Tips. And I started laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. And I felt like Grace and I were the only ones who found it funny. But it actually turns out that so many other languages use that same word sandwich yeah. in their own i just uh, even in macedonian languages in even in Ma- yeah but 16 languages in europe yeah right? so macedonian which doesn't even use the western alphabet we translated it and the these unrecognizable letters come out to sandwich when you use <laughs> the lovely lady that you can click on on google translate to to sound it out for you Although one thing we can confirm is that sandwich in Mandarin is not sandwich. No, it's a significantly longer word than that, that we spent like 15 minutes trying to learn and instantly forgot again. Horrendous. We, we failed badly. So if anyone wants to give us Mandarin lessons, we would appreciate it because we, we really suck. Um, and on that delightful note, um, I think we've talked enough about sandwiches for today. And... Um, We still have to figure out the next podcast, but this time we actually have an Instagram. So go follow us, Poor Decisions Podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, tune in for our next one where we don't know what we're talking about yet, but I'm sure it will be so much fun. Let's see. What do you think we'll be talking about? I don't know. We have to decide. What we did say was maybe the very last word that we say on this podcast will be the theme for the next one. Mm, I like it. Boobs. We'll see, we'll see. Let's let's see whether this happens or not. All right, then have a great day, evening, morning, whatever time you're tuning in, and thanks for listening to us. Bye. 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 Oh, bye.